LA probate expert.com. And so Thursday, 4 p.m. Pacific probate weekly, we get together every Thursday to talk about all things probate real estate for investors and wholesalers looking to solve problems, deals, real estate agents and how to sell property more effectively. We have often interview attorneys, vendors, and try to find practitioners to help us all improve our business. We also occasionally get some personal representatives who have some problems and they share with us and look for solutions. So we do every Thursday, 4 p.m. and you can register at probateweekly.com. If you're watching this live and you're on the Zoom, uh, it's meant to be interactive. So, you know, ask questions, unmute yourself, or raise your hand, I'll call on you and love to help you uh, any way we can. Uh, and if you're watching this on the live stream, either YouTube or Facebook or LinkedIn, uh, if you're live, we can catch your, your questions there and chat. If not, we'll catch them afterwards. Again, my goal here is to be interactive. Uh, this is not meant to be a webinar that's selling anything. We're just looking to work together and help each other be more successful in our mutual businesses. Um, so let's see, where were we? And then today, uh, this is the day, this is uh, Christmas Eve of Christmas Eve, I guess. Um, this uh, we're calling today Thursday, tomorrow Friday is Christmas Eve, Saturday being Christmas. I'm Jewish, so I don't even have a dog in that time. But I am American, and I do appreciate, you know, that it's a holiday. I do appreciate so many people are um, uh, off and with family and using it as a way to, uh, as an important part of their lifestyle. Um, and at this time of year, I also have a lot to be thankful for. This uh, call, we started this uh, last year, this past year has grown tremendously where we get a great turnout weekly. We then expanded this year to a YouTube channel that also dramatically increased our reach, the people that we talk to and, and, and interact with on a daily, weekly basis. And it's been a fantastic business uh, tool for me as well. And I personally appreciate being able to help so many people. So I would like to be thankful this time. This time of year and so when it came time to uh to do this call frankly i have taken off time during the year and i had this week uh today uh on my days scheduled to get you working and next week as well so i might as well do the call I'm not sure who would show up but i know i want to contribute and uh this is a great turnout today so i'm excited to have you guys here so again it's much interactive if you have any questions feel free to either put in the chat box or raise your hand and or if you're watching on the live stream jump in live as well. We'll try to catch you there. And then um, if you watch it after the fact, uh, have questions, put on there as well. We'll do our best to circle back to you one way or another. So uh, also I'm really excited that we have a sponsor now. We've got very, very um, upscale. And the sponsor we have is Mailbox Power. I have a colleague who uses that to, to uh, build a business. Mailbox Power is a tool, and I use this uh, in my business. I use this. Uh, as a it's a tool to develop relationships or deepen relationships through cards and gifting strategies. I use it to help me maintain relations with attorneys, with uh, key members of my certain influence and my team. Uh, there's a special uh, training package designed for real estate agents if you're interested. So there's a, a, a code that um, I'll put on the screen if you're watching it on the YouTube or Facebook. Um, let me see if I can get it on the, uh, I can also get it on the um, YouTube channel in a second. I'll put another um, um, Zoom channel. I'll put on the Zoom as well in the chat box. And if you're interested, um, feel free, or if you want to have questions about it, talk about it. But again, it's a powerful tool, uh, and it's one that a friend has used, and I'm an affiliate off him, so uh, it helps him with his business. And, but I think most importantly, it's a great tool to help you be more effective um, as a real estate agent or a salesperson or a business person of any sort. Okay, so that said, I don't see any questions out of the gate at this point. So I'm going to jump right into the topic I prepared. What I'm trying to do today, I do this topic about once every uh, two, three or four months, is I would review again the 11 different ways that we can generate business, whether you be a um, real estate agent or investor wholesalers. And, and my thesis when I started this whole process was that. Companies who sell you data typically sell you on one or two methods of generating business. But I found my business worked better in a couple other lead generation approaches than merely the two that were sold most commonly. And so as a result, I um, uh, want to share that. Um, Catherine will get to that on how I built my business in the first house. That's definitely one of the topics that we're going to, that's on my list. But in addition to the classic two ways that companies sell, 
I've identified and actually a lot of different ways. And what's fascinating is I've met agents and investors also along the way who've done each one of these 11, or I've done them, as a number one or maybe number two method of prospecting. And so Ted, I would just share to review through 11. And then if you have questions on how those work, uh, jump out and ask me. And Catherine, we'll get to the courthouse. Uh, let's talk about that at that point. So uh, just again, a quick recap on who I am. I'm a real estate broker here in Los Angeles, California. I have been since 1986. I've done mortgage and real estate. I've been in sales, management, and ownership. And for the last three years, I need to update that. My lead generation has been 100% focused on probate real estate. I think of probate as including legal real estate, because I end up working with a lot of attorneys. I have numerous certifications. I don't think of any one of them as my qualification. I think of them as education on the way to make me an expert. I've done a lot of research, I've read books, I watched every YouTube I can find, I listen to podcasts on probate and episodes, and uh, I also went to court. Uh, when I took probate mastery with Chad Corbett, he challenged us to go to court and learn the probate process. Uh, one day, I went there one day, turned a week, one week turned to a month, and a month turned to about a year and a half of going every day for the generation. And as a result of that, I think I've seen more court confirmation sales live in the county court over the last, say, three years than any attorney, a real estate agent for sure, and probably any judge, because they do about one a week, and I was watching about five to eight per week. So I've seen more of those court confirmations than anybody. When I say I'm an expert, that's really the area that I think of as being my expertise. And what I do want to say is whenever you do a lead generation, you need to find fundamentals. Uh, what does that mean? You have to have mindset before money. Any transformation or growth requires you to change your mindset for the rest of your business to follow as well. The shortcut in real estate is the hard work, so get ready for it. Um, and I refer you to the Zig Ziglar Wadham story. There's a link here in the YouTube, uh, but it's basically tells you the importance of uh, consistent effort over time beats intense effort in a short period of time. Or as Tony Robbins says, we overestimate what we can do in a day, we underestimate what we can do in five years. Um, also, there's multiple cuts to the tree, and so I've never cut a tree, but I used to watch it a while ago sports on television. And what I know is that when they race to cut trees down, they cut from several different sides. And so I think of probate, of cutting the probate from several different uh, avenues. I'll show you today the 11 I've identified, and I believe if you're a full-time agent or full-time investor, and that's your lead gen source, I think you need to attack it from at least two, probably three different angles of attack. Um, there's only two things in business you can uh, do to increase business. You can invest money or time. That's all there is. You can invest your time in yourself learning to be better or invest time on task, uh, lead generation. And you can invest money. You can buy leads, buy data, buy sources, or buy people. But those are the only two things there are. You can invest in time and or money. When you start, generally, you don't have extra money, so you have to invest time. And hopefully today will make your time worthwhile. So here's what I want to ask. I'm going to make a deal with you guys. If I can give you one idea today that you can use in your business in one hour, if I can give you one idea that you think you can use next year to make at least one more transaction worth 10000 or more, I'd like you to raise your hand or say yes or put oh yes or a great idea, something like that. Give me some feedback that you get one idea today in an hour that you want to put into, uh, into, into uh, work. Is that a fair deal? Yeah? Okay, so let's do this. Real estate is a contact business and a numbers game. You got to talk to a lot of people or touch a lot of people. And where you come from is important. Um, and in my approach to probate from the beginning, most of the probate training I saw, not just Corbett's, but all the others, was more about how you can get the home seller when they're vulnerable and take advantage of them. I took the opposite approach. How to service people, help them get a good outcome, and me make money as well along the way. It would be the solution to all things real estate. So typically, title problem and probate is the solution. Somebody has a house, they can't sell it because that's not in their name. They need probate in order to solve that problem. And what does title, what does probate look like? Grandma, grandpa left me the property. My siblings are fighting the property, or the property is supposed to be a trust, but it isn't. Or we start a probate and get stuck. These are the kind of phone calls I get every day. And the solutions are all probate related. Grandma, grandpa left me the property. Solutions help through probate. Maybe lend the money, pay the attorney, or advance money for expenses. If siblings are fighting over the property, the solutions they get the right attorney to help them win the fight. If the property is supposed to be in a trust, you get an attorney to put it back in a trust. It's called a Hexed Petition in California. And we started probing that stuck. And so 
either refers to the right kind of attorney or service to get the job done. You can either learn these or call me with a scenario. I have agents that just call me every day with problems. Usually I can help them solve the problem. Sometimes it requires an agent to help them list the property, get it sold, and that's where I come in and help you. So there's 11 ways. And again, my goal today is that you would uh, perhaps have come here today if you're interested in probate, maybe you've been exposed to two different methods uh, that the companies that sell the data will typically promote. And my goal is to perhaps offer uh, other ways that you can add to the business to be successful as a salesperson, you might be an agent or investor. So no one's pre-probate. This is more for investors. Uh, and this is where you are looking at properties that somebody's title and has passed and they own property and cross-reference or they um, uh, skip trace to get the contact information, name and phone number. Now, obviously, the contact info of the decedent isn't valuable, property addresses, but there's people related to them. And so what investors will do is they'll look at properties and find ones that have two or three different tags, maybe pre-probate, plus distress, plus vacant or tax sale. And they'll postcard those or drive those or have people door knock those. But you can buy the pre-probate data. One of the vendors I've had on my show and I've interviewed my YouTube channel is PropStream. And they sell pre-probate data all across the country. Very cost-effective source for pre-probate data. And then you can skip trace if you're going to do that. And that will give you the information of at least their last known email and phone number. Sometimes the family has taken over that contact information. Or at least you'll know uh, who's related to that person, get their contact information. So pre-probate is a simple process. You identify the properties and then you market them, whether it be a postcards, whether it be door knocking them, driving them. And again, the people who do this and do it well are mailing, let's say, five or 10,000 a month, and they're hitting two or three different tag data sources, one of them being pre-probate. Number two, this is the most commonly sold by companies, which is Probate leads marketing directly to the petitioner. Here you buy a deal from a sort a company, allthelease.com, MTI, Mike Perez, uh, uh, Closures Daily or Probate Daily, uh, Paul Horns, Probate Money, there's a number of them. And you get data that includes the, the probate filing, who the attorney is, the petitioner, perhaps the attorney, or maybe it's pro per, they're not using a tree who they're uh, uh, nominating as the uh, administrator executor, maybe the property, maybe the dollar amount of the value of the property, and contact info. And so uh, agents most commonly use the contact attorneys and or contact, in this case, directly to the petitioner. So we have the name of the petitioner, uh, and oftentimes the attorney fills it out for their client, and the contact info is the attorneys, not the petitioners. And so you can trace who the administrator executive so a person hires an attorney the attorney puts their phone number and email on the form but you have the petitioner might be the son or grandson or niece or nephew and then these services will skip trace that person's contact info and you can mail them you can call them you can postcard them now one of the things about this particular line of marketing is it takes a while on average the average property sold even though it doesn't have to the average property sold in probate is about two years. And oftentimes the estate has a property they think they want to keep it like any other seller. They're not ready to sell it yet. And so the key to this is you have to have a system in place not to market once or twice. Not to say you can't get leads the first month or two. But you have to, the money is in the follow-up over time. And so you have to have a system in place to stay in touch with them for up to two years. In fact, I would say as a business, going back to what it says fundamentals, investing money, you should invest it with an eye towards your return on investment over a two-year period. Because you can't last out two years. It's really expensive to send postcards out if you're not going to stick with it. And I'm not saying you need to postcard every week or every month. But I'm saying whatever you do, you have to have a plan that at least it's two years. Don't stop before the miracle happens. Okay, any questions yet so far? Now remember, if you get one idea that helps you, 
that you think will help get you one more transaction next year with 10,000 more, you put yes in the box. Thank you. That idea works for me. Let's know that you're going to use that idea in your business in the upcoming year. Okay. Any other any questions before? Went through the first two pretty quickly. Uh, Wednesday, your hands up. Yeah, I just wanted to ask you, Bill, if you have any experience here with mailing and marketing, and if so, what that was like for you. Yeah, I did mail pre-COVID, and I stopped when COVID started because the court process dragged out so long. So what happened was return on investment, a break-even, might have been six months or nine months, but when the court closed, and before we knew it could have been for for a long time, it turned out for six months, it just dragged out the time period to get a, a break even on return for investment. As a result of that, I stopped doing postcards in um, uh, March, uh, yeah, March of 2019, when, when did 2020, when COVID started. And also that was part of my strategy at the time was stop spending, stop all spending when COVID started and redesign the business from scratch. So what happened was I restarted March a different business plan, which was online marketing like this, marketing directly to petitioners online and to attorneys, and I no longer use uh, postcards to petitioners or attorneys. I do mail out to attorneys I have a relationship with, but I don't do any cold postcards to anybody this time. Can I ask how the response was there when you were mailing the postcards and letters out to the petitioners? Uh, about half a percent would uh, call, and a few when I called would recognize from the postcard. But I think on average, then they're getting 30, 40 postcards or mailers. So, uh, one of my rules in marketing, it just depends what your goals are, what you're trying to achieve. But one of my rules is I don't want to do something that I can't dominate. So, like, for example, when I went to court every day, I was the person doing that. I was the guy at court. When I started online doing these calls, I'm the only one doing this, right? So surely other agents could compete and do an online call. They're, they're gonna have better than me to beat me, I guess. Um, there's plenty of room, I can't stop them. All I can do is be so good that people say, wow, he's really good, I can't do it as well as he can. So my goal is to be better at the competition. So postcards, you either have to mail more often or fancy your uh, mail. And I didn't think either one of those as being for me a long-term strategy. I think if I was starting again, I would do some postcards where I'm doing them today, but I would make it just more of a piece of my marketing puzzle because you can't dominate it. You can't stand out in it, I don't think. Now I know there are agents who are, like I was Mike Ferry trained agents who uh, cold call three hours a day and they're going to call these people this whole list for the hours a day and talk to 40 people a day and it's great now i did that when i was younger i'm 60 years old i don't have that time and i don't have the energy anymore to do that on a daily basis so and i've also built a business to where i get to talk to people and talk to me i have agents who call me with roles i have uh families call me with referrals i have attorneys that call me with referrals so my schedule is pretty hooked up with people who want to talk to me rather than people calling that's me. And I need to brag. I'm just saying, to be honest, I'm not cold calling anybody today. I'm not doing postcards out uh, generally. Okay. And we'll be pretty transparent. If any questions, feel free to ask. Um, okay. Probate leads uh, marketing petitioner. We talked about that. You can do that mail. You can call them. You can social media them. I see people do all of those. Again, it, I think it should be a component. If you're building a business, uh, and also my timeline is a little less. My goal, I started was a five-year plan. I want to be out of production in five years. I'll probably be 65 at that time. Uh, if I was younger, I had a longer horizon. I probably would do more postcards because the ROI is about two years on that. Uh, I don't know that I really want to spend that kind of time uh, chasing down the business. But if I was younger, uh, I probably would uh, do that today. And then the other one is uh, one most commonly talked about by companies that sell data is marketing to attorneys. It can be very challenging. I do know people mail the attorneys. Attorneys tell me they get tons of mail. I know people who email the attorney because their emails are on the petition. They get lots of email, lots of spam. They hate being cold called. 
I do know uh, one guy who's built a business cold calling attorneys. One. Um, that's in can't be done, but he gets a three hour a day, probably make phone calls, writing out. If you build it, then you can maybe add other things to business to leverage that and add other pieces. And that's what I've been able to do. But this way, you buy the data from the same sources, um, all the leads.com, Mike Torres, DI, Probate Daily, uh, uh, Probate Data, um, Probate Money with Paul. And you can email the attorneys or you can postcard attorneys or call attorneys. Okay, those are the two most common ways. And we've got anywhere to go. Who's excited to find one more of the last eight? Who besides me is excited? No? Okay, good. Number four, MLS full authority. So what this means is, <clears throat> if you were gonna, if you said, you go, I wanna be a probate, build a probate business. I'm gonna cold call attorneys or cold call petitioners. I would say, well, okay, a couple of things you should do. Number one, you should investigate every property in your MLS that's a probate listing. That way you can watch competition. You should get an idea of how the market is, See who the number one competitor is, set a goal to be number one. You can see how they list their properties because they'll put private marks. Uh, I, I subscribe to a search in my MLS that sends me every agent's probate listings with the private marks. I read what they do. I run reports every quarter on the numbers. But I also look at all the probate listings and offer them to my clients because buyers tell, think that because it's probate, they're going to get a better deal. It feels like they're going to get a better deal. And so um, I'll call and say, hey, I've got this listing. It's a probate listing. Rather than switch the whole MLS, I'll just, I look at property all the time. I'm looking for something to send to an investor. And those are the properties I'm going to focus on. But the advantage of those properties for me is, one, sounds more pressing to buyer. Two, there's a couple of possible hiccups in a probate, even with full authority, that my expertise will help the customer avoid. Number three, Using an attorney on the other side of the deal, and it's kind of a backwards way to get into the attorney. I can't market them on that transaction they represented, but I can impress them on that transaction and go after the rest of the business they have to offer. And so as an agent, I definitely would want to look at every single listing in the MLS. That's a probate listing to see my competition is doing, and more importantly, see if I can best use my way to buy them as a way to build my portfolio. Occasionally, one of the downsides of a full authority listing is the state has to get court confirmation anyhow. Right, Lacking all the processes, generally speaking, full authority means the state can sell the property without going to court, and limited authority means they have to go back to court, generally. But if I have a, a client who buys a property full authority and then it has to go to court, he may or may not want to go through with the deal. But if he does, now I'm meeting the attorney and the judge. A court case. So again, all the properties, these are the ones I would look at more carefully because this synergizes with the rest of my business. It's not a lot of work. I get the listing every day, do probate listings. I see the competition as I see what they're doing on their remarks. And then I also, and I've sold, I just sold one uh, we closed in November, uh, a full Florida property. Uh, came up, it was a listing, showing to investor. Uh, he wanted to offer and close like in you know 30 days, less 30 days, 21 days, all cash. So it's a quick way to make some money. Uh, in that case, to meet the attorney, but sometimes you do. Okay, that's number four. We still got seven more to go. Next, limit authority. Now, these are properties that go to court for court confirmation. And there's two strategies. One is be first and one's be last. So this is the be first strategy now. If you understand how limited authority works, these properties have to get into escrow, contingencies cleared, the deposit raised typically to 10%, court date set, court approval, then close escrow. It's a long ways, it's a lot of extra work. However, it's a niche. It also is a kind of property that appeals to investors who buy properties right it also will get you to meet some of the attorneys or get in front of judges and learn the process. So again, this is a way to improve your business, maybe get a deal or two. I did probably, you know, a couple of these last year. I did one or two of these and one or two full authority. 
but they were, you know, good money. Each one's probably $10,000 or so, but they were also good experiences for the rest of my business. Okay, number six, court confirmation sales and auctions. This is what I specialize in. And this requires some expertise and work, and it varies by county. I do this in LA County. I track every single property that goes to sale with court confirmation in LA County. This is where I built my business. If you're a different county, love talking about it. I don't train people to be competitors, though I, I do come across competitors in LA County and feel like a good relationship with them. But I don't train people in LA County, so that's where I make where I make my money. But in other counties, I'm glad to help you build a business based on seeing the properties are coming to confirmation sale, bring an investor when appropriate to the sale to overbid and buy the property. And the nice thing there is, if you try a property, they look at it, they said they like it, they go to court, they buy it, you're closing in somewhere between 10 days and 30 days most commonly. So it's pretty fast money. I did about six of those in 2021 and about eight or nine in 2003. So these are great deals. Uh, I, let me back up. These are not the bargains most investors think they are. If, if investors today in our market are paying 70% of ARV, meaning investors just use a general number, look at a property worth when they sell the after value of say $700,000, then many investors won't pay more than say 70% of 490, right? Well, this is the way they might be able to buy that same property for 480 or 475. It's not a big savings, it's a bit, but full-time investors are always looking for deals. So this is a place you can look and find deals. But I do tell them, uh, agents in LA County, if you find a property you like, I'm glad to split one with you. Uh, at least I can get something to take you through the process. In other counties, people call me, I can help you. I'm pretty familiar with LA, I'm sorry, with Orange, San Bernardino, uh, San Diego counties on how those processes work. But if you're in another county, the more obscure county, the more opportunity there is for you. There's not that many of these, but the fact there's fewer means that there's more opportunity for you to be the expert on this in your county. Okay, any questions on this or anything before? No? Okay, I don't see anything in the chat box. I think we're clear. Yes, Winston. But with the way COVID is speaking again, are we seeing the courts closing going back to Zoom? Or are they still fairly open here in Southern California? Yeah, so every court's a little different. LA County, uh, you can't go to court unless you have business before the court, uh, but you can go to court to be able to document when it's scheduled. You also can. Uh, go via video ahead of time. You just have to call the attorney ahead of time and make proper arrangements. That can work to your advantage or disadvantage. I like to go in person because that way there's no mistakes, there's no technical errors. I get to see the judge, you can hear me directly. There's a contact. So I go in person when we're bidding on a property. Uh, even in LA County, by law, they're allowed to today. But they're going to try to encourage as much as possible to be a video. In Orange County, I don't know the answer specifically. Every county is a little different. Okay, good question. Okay, number seven, courthouse farming. Now, this one's pretty much on hold due to COVID. This is where I started making my money. And I think uh, Christine asked the question when we started on, on how I did this. But what I'll tell you is when I started, um, uh, I'm sorry, Catherine, when I started in probate, my coach, Chad Corbett, challenged me to go to court just to learn the process and see what it looked like once. I found it fascinating. I found buyers there, sellers there, attorneys there. Everybody did business with was in the room, right? It's kind of like when I was in college, going to a sorority house. There's all these pretty girls at a sorority house. Of course I'll go to anything at a sorority house. And so the course seemed like a natural place for me to go. And I tried to find a way to generate business. So what I learned was in LA County, the morning calendar started at 8.30. And we'll wrap up around 9, 30, 10 o'clock with the most viable piece of calendar on a daily basis. And so I go to court at 7.45. My goal is to be seated, or I should say standing, 
with a cup of coffee at the key spot between on the second floor between the two main hallways, with a cup of coffee, dressed in a suit and tie, with a lawyer-like briefcase, you know, door knocking basically. If you're a real estate agent, you know, you know what that looks like, walking in every door knocking. And rather than just door knocking who I wouldn't talk to, I was looking at anybody I could, looking at me from the hallway. Um, it got to where people would actually say, hey, uh, can you help me? I'm looking for this or department that. And so I became kind of one of the experts of the county courthouse. One of the things that they also was I created a meetup to train investors at the courthouse, show them uh, what it looked like. At this day, I have people who have called back with leads or joined my team that I met uh, back you know, when the courthouse was open. So this is a year and a half ago. Uh, people call me and say, hey, I met you at the court. You were nice to show me what to do. You always know what you're doing. And I have some questions can help me. So I would definitely urge you, especially if you're outside of LA County, since I do this in LA County, I would urge you to consider doing this in your, in your county courthouse if you're a client. I enjoy going to court. I like wearing a suit tie. I don't mind getting there early because I like to work early and, and have my work day earlier as well. That's me. So this fit for my program, my marketing. It doesn't work for anybody. Hey, Howard Cooper, welcome to the call. Long time to talk to you, man. Okay, that is number seven, courthouse. Uh, Catherine, did that answer your questions? Yeah, it did. Thank you. Okay. And then Rochelle asks, I'm in Seminole County. Maybe we'll start to go to court together and tag team. So uh, check uh, Rochelle account is in the chat box, and she's interested in going to San Bernardino County Court. I hear San Bernardino County Court, uh, when, when a, a, a state petitions or letters and gets approved, uh, the court will actually do the paperwork right there and send it on the spot. That's fantastic. Uh, I don't know that probate's done in Rancho Columbia. You can find out where in San Bernardino County probate's done. It used to be in LA, it was then remote courthouses and they moved them all, centralized them all to one location, downtown LA. I believe in San Bernardino, they're all done at the San Bernardino County Courthouse in San Bernardino, but you should research that and find out. Okay, next, living trusts from consumers. So what this means is, We all have people we know, like, and trust, who love, know, like, and trust us. You can call them your center of influence, your sphere of influence. If you're Kelly Williams, your Mets, people who know, like, and trust you. And you can reach out to them to help them avoid probate by doing some estate planning. Living trust or estate plan can avoid probate and save the family tens of thousands of dollars. Definitely worth doing. So if you market that, you'll, you'll find that people call you with questions related to that, like, well, we have property, but it's not a trust, it should be the trust, or, you know, so-and-so died, we do a trust, now we're arguing over it, that's a probate for you. So when you talk about a topic and, and give value to people, you get business back. So I have a special deal with trustandwills.com where I can offer, in fact, I actually put that in the chat box. Just give a call, I don't know if you're there or not, if you could put in the chat box the trustandwills.com link because they give us, I don't have affiliate with them, but they give a, a there's a link I have that gives you a 10% discount for, um, let's see, let me real quick. Uh, trust. Go ahead, Ben. Okay, well, um, anyhow. Uh, You know, I, we'll put it in the, in the uh, show notes afterwards. But I have a discount from trustandwills.com that I can share with you that I give to my customers. They send an email out once a quarter to talk about how you can um, uh, save 10% on a estate plan or a will if you want to do a will. But for most people, if you own a property, a trust is going to be uh, a better solution, part of a better solution. And as a result of that, um, uh, uh, they'll save 10% if they go through the company. And let me see if I have the code. I think I found it. No. Ah, no good. Okay, well, there you go. Oh, there it is. Copy. Oh, the chat box right now. 
Um, but yeah, and I think, again, this is something you can give to, this isn't for me, I don't get 10%. This is for customer to get 10% off. And it's the kind of thing that I think is a big value to give to people to establish yourself as value to your customers. Uh, I believe I should have, I have a living trust with my wife. And that way we avoid probate and I share my clients and then I'll give them a link if they do that and save 10%. You can, if you trust the rules, buy a package of them and then give them to them at a discount or charge them the retail price and pocket to make a little bit of money. I don't like doing all that. I just try to keep it simple. I have a coupon code, if it helps people, I'm, I could be happier. Okay, that's number eight. We have three to go. Nine, 10, 11. Has anybody here gone also forgotten at least one thing that will help you generate you think, at least one transaction in 2022? So put raise your hand up, say I, put something in the chat box. Let's make sure we're getting your value of, of this call because you're spending an hour. I want you to get $10,000 for the time out. Good. Winston, back to your end. It was just you, Winston, worth it. This is the power of social media. If I get two of you to say yes, I got more than two of you. If I get two of you to say yes, I've created 20, 30, 40, $50,000 in one hour for the rest of the people. It all works out for all of us. Okay, good. Dave Quinn, nice. Okay, number nine, living trust for my trigger rules. This one's a little different. We're trying to do estate planning. And actually, it's really the right term of estate planning. So what better way to earn their business than help them build their business? And so what I've done is they need attorneys to promote their business, or if they have online or live back pre-COVID uh, events, um, I promote those events, get my clients to go there in exchange so I can help work with their clients and make their event better. So I'll share with them my tips on how to host a better event, be more effective. And then I can also contact their clients and offer assistance. Like if you own property, I can pull your deeds for free. So when you prepare your estate plan, you have the proper deeds are ready to go. And so that's one of the things I do for attorneys, the way to earn their business. I do this a lot. I say this is one of my number one marketing tools. It requires some trust with attorneys, requires some marketing tools and, and, and work and some money. I've invested in assistance. And you can start with one. And here's what I tell everybody who's a real estate agent. You all have clients you sold houses to. Some of them already have estate plans. Find out the attorney your clients use. Call that attorney. Say, hey, we have mutual clients, Bob and Mary. I sold my house. You did their estate plan. I talk to people all the time about buying houses. I believe in the importance of estate planning. Uh, would you be interested if I refer people to writing their estate plans? The reason you ask that is because some attorneys don't write them anymore. They just want to manage them. And if they say yes, now you have something you can refer some business to. Don't ask for referrals. Get referrals for them. You'll get business back. That's just the way life works. Okay, let me just check one more spot. We're good. Yes, we are. Okay. That is number nine. Living trust or estate planning for attorney referrals. Number 10 is COI referrals. So here's the thing. Particularly real estate agents, we're scared to position ourselves as limited in one niche. We're afraid we lose the rest. Who besides me has been to a networking event, and the realtor stands up and says, hi, I'm a specialist in first-time home buyers, selling houses, short sales, REOs, uh, mobile homes, industrial, commercial, multifamily, and I sell bridges. Who's seen that realtor? over and over again, besides me. But by being an expert, you're gonna get more inquiries from the people you know already, because you're putting out to them, you're an expert, you're inviting them if they need your expertise. And that was how, gee, turns out my cousin has a probate or has a question involving probate or estate planning. So once you put your expertise out to your COI, don't be afraid to market them we think, oh, why don't I tell them I'm a probate expert because they won't buy a house through me. Wrong. They're more likely to buy a house from you because you're a probate expert or whatever expert you happen to be. So don't shine off from niche again. And number 11 is networking. And networking can be what I call secular or specific to real estate. So for example, you can network with real estate investors going down real estate investment clubs. You can network with mortgage people, title people, escrow people. You can go to NARAP and 
the Asian group and the women's group and the widow group to network with people for girls. Or you can go with secular networking like BNI or the TIP or Chamber of Commerce or Rotary Club. The more you network, the more people you know, the more you network, the more you network. I know an agent in Georgia whose business comes from networking with people who specialize in caregiving. They, uh, her contacts work for companies that contract caregivers for families. And as a result of that, those families occasionally need to sell a property, tell the representative, and the rep refers the listing to her, and she gets to sell the house. Right? You can make a whole living just on that. I don't even do that. All she does is calls on, and she's hired for those people, but I call them salespeople in the adult care industry. And if you if you found everyone in LA or everyone in Orange County, or everyone in uh, Ventura, and you called them all, emailed them all, invited them to online marketing events, buy them lunch, and network with those people, just that niche, you can make a huge business just in that one niche. You dominate it. So think of networking both broadly, generic networking, and going deep in one narrow niche. Either one of them are viable. So we come in 11 different ways. And this is on YouTube. I can watch it again if you have questions. So first question, have you got at least one more way today that you can go after in 2022 and get a deal? <coughs> yes or no? If the answer is yes, but yes, or raise your hand, or chat box, or I need to say yes. Okay, I have. I'm taking these other ways. I'm looking how I can implement all of them in my business. Some cases I do them. Some cases I'm finding somebody else to do them. I'll give you an example. The mailbox pump. I'm looking for a real estate agent who wants to market their business using mailbox power as a tool on my team to be my mailbox power expert, a demonstrator for agents to help us be better with tool. Right? So I'm looking for somebody on my team to do that. I'm not doing myself. That's one little subject of networking. But you can think of each of these 11. There's multiple ways you run a business in each of those 11. It's infinitely deep. It doesn't have to look like the you know, way that I think companies sell data make it look like is every, every single transaction is a nail and they're going to sell you a hammer. It's not the way it is. Every transaction has different nuances. Your goal is to find how you can best approach the customer, give us value, so they're going to value you as their resource and a free business. Okay, so those are the 11 ways to wrap up, and we'll go through them again real fast. One, pre-probate. This is primarily investors, wholesalers. Now, um, well, there's a whole question in one second. Marcy, yes, thank you. You know, for three big buyers, okay, so Al's looking to network in our chat box. Good, Al, your broker, nice to see you. So 11 ways, we'll recap real fast. One, pre-probate. These are uh, somebody owns a property and I researched who they are, the property, and then you can skip trace who the family members are, or post a card to the property, or door knock the property, or get a property. Two, probate is marketing to the petitioners. So there's a family member who gets an attorney to figure out who that person is, not their attorney, and marketing to them. Most commonly, phone call them and postcarding them, skip tracing, maybe emailing and social marketing. Three, probate marketing to the attorneys. I get buying the data from the filings. The trade's information is on the filing, their name, their address, their phone number, their email, and then marking directly to the attorneys. Four is MLS, properties that do not need court approval. So listed for sale, they're listed for probate. They're pretty much like any other probate, any other sale. They have special forms, a little special problem to avoid or two, but a good way to meet probate attorneys and build a business. Then there's limit authority, those that need court approval, looking for properties for your buyers, and presenting them. Court confirmation sales, going to court, bringing investors and overbidding at the court. This is one that I do a lot of. Six, courthouse farming, pre-COVID or after COVID, going in and being able to um, uh, meet people, buyers, sellers, attorneys, vendors. <clears throat> Eight is living trust from consumers, promoting 
your customers getting estate plans, and as a result of that, getting a chance to work on their real estate. Nine is working with attorneys on estate planning, helping them build their business and in turn that works back for you. 10 is CLI referrals by promoting yourself to your center of influence, or sphere of influence, or METS as a probate expert by marking them, inviting them to events, inviting them, giving them valuable material on the importance of planning and such, the referring business. And 11, networking. And this could be several pieces of the puzzle, but that's all you do. Unlimited possibilities of network. Network secular, non-real estate, or you can find one niche or really deep in it. <clears throat> and again, my thesis is you should have, if you're a full-time agent, two or three of these minimum, or dabble in four or five or six of them like I do, uh, or even more seriously uh, in, in more than that. Okay, so that's what I have to share on the 11 ways to generate business. Uh, questions, comments? Yep. Bill, I got one for you. Okay, Dave. Thanks again. Great stuff, as always. Um, yeah, I guess, what are your top two or three icebreaker intro with an attorney if you're at the courthouse or even, um, I don't know if you mentioned this one, but going up even to, you know, you're seeing somebody that's doing a lot of probates and you go to their office and kind of door knock at their office. I don't, is that one that you've used or is it mainly at the courthouse? So I have not gone cold to attorney's offices. I could. I used to. I started mortgage business. I used to cold call real estate offices when I was in the mortgage business. But I've not done that. I had in mind, pre-COVID, I had in mind to hire starting out agents, assigning them a little area of attorneys that I've been marketing to kind of like accounts and, and like account rep, kind of like a title rep, where their job would be to visit them once a week and draw off pens or donuts or something like that. So I can see that business. I'm not, you know, I'm 62 years old, I'm 63 next month. I'm not gonna start cold calling today. Um, and so with COVID, uh, you probably can't and I'm not going to, but I can see doing it. I can see uh, the value of going into offices, but it does take, Going there regularly, just like a title wrap or a mortgage wrap, going into offices, you got to go once a week, I think at least more. Um, and I think you want to make it so it's not cold. You want to come and bring value to the relationship rather than just come and show up with time looking for a referral. So bringing expertise, bringing information, bringing value to them would be the key. In court, uh, I was there every day after a while people saw me, even the most active attorneys that most were there. There are a couple who are daily, you know, a handful. After that, most of them are there once a week, but they'd see me and they'd see me every time they were there. And so after a while, it wasn't cold. I could walk up and say hi and introduce myself. Uh, but, you know, I'm a, I've am learned how to just walk up and introduce myself and say hi to people and try to find something to talk about. So that's just a skill that you have to develop is I, I practice when I go with my daughter would kill me. <clears throat> but whenever I'm in an elevator, I always introduce myself to people in the elevator just as a tool. I feel like we're there for 30 seconds, we might as well enjoy the time, and I'll just start talking to people. My daughter would say, Danny, how do you do that? But it's a skill like anything else I learned how to, how to do. Hope that helps a little bit. Great, thanks. Mm -hmm. Any other questions, comments, before we wrap up? I see a hand up, I can't tell whose hand that is. Or is that a clap? I can't tell who's clapping. Uh, what is it? Hey, Bill, you want to talk a little bit, and, and this is primarily for the California folks, about the change in the new purchase agreement and how taken away the probate purchase agreement and now made an addendum to the new RPA? Yeah. So in California, we have, as of December 14th, a brand new residential purchase agreement form, whereas in the past, we had a separate probate purchase agreement form. This new form has a checkbox and it gets integrated in the a probate purchase agreement addendum that has the probate verbiage in it uh, on the purchase side. <clears throat> so you would, um, 
we would uh, use the standard purchase agreement, check the box for probate addendum, and to make sure you add the probate addendum to the property as well. Um, probate addendum has been around for a long time because when you, when you bought probate property, a vacant land, you use the vacant land in the old days purchase agreement for the probate addendum. So I'm familiar with that form, it's been around a while, but I would urge anybody who's writing an offer that be familiar with where the little check box is on the addendum. I think it's uh, the third page. And then just read through the probate addendum and it's pretty straightforward. So Bill, Bill, just to be clear, there's a new that's the new purchase agreement standard that we're supposed to use. There's no separate probate yeah. purchase agreement anymore. Yeah, there's no more probate purchase agreement. You would use a standard residential purchase agreement form and then add the addendum for the probate purchase agreement addendum. Are there Okay, thank you. Thank you, guys. You're welcome. Yeah, the appropriation form, I think it is available anymore. I think the form disappeared when the new one was available. Good. Other questions here? Well, not seeing any. Um, we're pretty much at the end of the hour, anyhow. So I um, really appreciate you guys. Um, I want to, uh, again, I'm just kind of excited. To say I have a sponsor, probably uh, Mailbox Power, uh, uh, affiliate of them sponsoring our show. So if you're interested in uh, that service uh, to mail postcards to, I think primarily your current customers uh, or relationships. I use it to mail postcards to attorneys, holiday cards to attorneys, gifts to resources, and gifts to my team. It's a tool I use to do that. And so if you're interested in more about that, and there's a video. Train class specifically for real estate people, how to use it as an agent as well. If you're interested, check that out or contact me. I'd be more glad to set you up with that. Um, if you are a mailbox power real estate agent, I'd love to talk to you about joining my team and being the person on these calls to promote it. Uh, other than that, uh, I'm Bill Gross. I'm the probate ELA probate expert. We do this every Thursday at 4 p.m. On Tuesdays, we do a real estate investing call at 3 p.m. Real estate investing Zoom on. And then we launched this week on Wednesdays. A home buying seminar, 5 p.m. for people to buy a home. If you had not bought your residence, we would walk through the process and network with lenders, credit people to help uh, people who would buy houses as well. So I'm on social media, Bill Gross EXP. My YouTube channel is Bill Gross EXP. Feel free to reach out, call, text your email in any way. I see Norman makes it your best day ever. Obviously, with, with the holiday coming up, enjoy your Christmas holiday with your family or however you do that. Uh, enjoy the time off if that's where you're at. Fantastic. Thank you, everybody. We'll see you next week.